Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahomans, Oklahoma State Athletics Podcast. I am your host, Scott Wright, joined by my beat partner, Jacob Unruh. And as always, the Cowboy Chronicles is brought to you by Zaxby's. Satisfy your craving for hand-breaded chicken and fresh-made salads. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. Jacob, we got a uh, lot going on. A lot going on right now. It's uh, it's a weird time. Weird time. A lot of crossover. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, you know. We, obviously, the combine is going on. We'll talk a little bit about AJ Green later. Uh, basketball winding down. Uh, baseball winding up. It's, uh, it's softball is going. Wrestling. I haven't I haven't talked to any wrestling lately. I uh, want to work some of that in maybe okay. in the uh, in the final segment. But um, we're going to start with football. Obviously, we've been doing our. Uh, our, our weekly series taking a look at, at one position. Uh, as of right now, it's still a, a spring preview. Um, I got sidetracked. I'll come back around to something funny about that. But uh, right now, it's still a spring preview. Uh, soon, it will just be a, uh, a, a spring report because uh, spring practice starts a little over uh, a little over a week from now. So it's right um, around the corner. That's crazy. It is. Um, I did think it was fun that that uh, the Oklahoma State Twitter account tweeted out a spring review of their running backs. Um, not yeah. sure how they did that. If uh, I, I really wanted to get a, uh, a a Back to the Future image, oh uh, yeah, and fire it out there on uh, on Twitter yesterday when I saw that, but uh, but I didn't. I I was I was nice to those guys because they're doing a lot of work. They really they're putting they out a ton are of stuff. putting out a so ton much I can't of, watch all of them. Right, like, I exactly. Just, it's hard. I just, to, it's hard to keep up. Yeah, if it's. Uh, you know, if it's if it's somebody that I know is going to entertain me, I'll make sure I watch mm-hmm. it. Like they had Colby Harvell Peel on there the other day. That's one I, I missed. Sure, I need to watch. Made it. sure to made sure to watch that one. Um, you know, and some other guys. I try I try to watch them all uh, because you never know who who might pop up and we find out it is very entertaining that we didn't know mm-hmm. was entertaining. So um, I try to try to trying to catch them all, but they are doing a great job of uh, of promoting themselves socially uh, on uh, on media platforms that are out there. So. Uh, props to them for that, even if they uh, left out the P in preview yesterday. Um, Typos happen. We're exactly. going to talk that up to a typo. Yeah, we'll give them that credit. All right, but our uh, our spring preview, we'll touch on linebackers today. So let's uh, let's jump right in. Obviously, both starters are uh, are, are are back. Um, I was in Gavin Lang's office, who is uh, the sports information director for the football team. And uh, at the moment that I walked into his office, he was trying to find – Another team in Division One football or Power Five, maybe uh, that had two pull, two returning players who both had over a hundred tackles last season, and he hadn't found one yet. At the, say, at the I was point. trying to think of it. I couldn't think of anybody. Yeah, no, I, I can't. I can't think of anybody either at this point. Um, but the Cowboys certainly have something special coming back with their with their linebacker group, being that they only have that they only put two on the field most of the time. You know, I mean, I guess you could count that Trace Ford, Brock Martin position as a uh, as yeah. a third linebacker in uh, in a three four, uh, rather a three three five defense. Um, but but that guy is is really, even though he's off the line and does some different things, he's almost always a pass rusher, mm-hmm. and so he uh, he really kind of falls into more of a defensive lineman type of uh, discussion. So that that we'll discuss that position with. The defensive line when we get around to it for um, for those purposes. Even though this is a three man front, this defense is a three man front. Amon Ogbongwamiga at at the middle linebacker, Malcolm Rodriguez at the outside linebacker. 
I'm going to ask you this, and uh, I didn't I didn't prepare you for this, so so take take some time. But which one was a bigger surprise? Because Eamon was a guy we didn't know anything about. Mm-hmm. He was coming into a role that had been filled by a, a couple of veteran guys the last uh, uh, what four years. He had three years of Whitener and and one of Justin Phillips. Um, really reliable guys in that position, and all of a sudden you got a uh, an unproven guy stepping in there, and then Malcolm Rodriguez. Up until the week of the game, the the, the season opener, we still thought was a safety. It's true, and uh, he hmm. came in and and uh, was very good in that role and uh, a dominant tackler. Uh, his 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 ability to bring guys to the ground is incredible. Uh, it's 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 on another level um the way that uh the way that that he is able to lock on and bring a guy down between the two of them uh i thought linebacker was a huge weakness going into the season or at least a huge question mark yeah maybe not a huge weakness but a weakness and a huge question mark and it turned out to be one of the most reliable parts of the defense uh yeah that's a tough on who's bigger surprise I kind of lean towards Eamon only because Malcolm being a good tackler wasn't necessarily a surprise right. yeah. to us. Yeah. And being a guy who can get around the ball, I mean, he did mm-hmm. that as a safety. Yeah. Um, Eamon, like you said, was an unknown. I mean, we had to learn how to say his name. <laughs> and uh, uh, Tooting my own horn, you had to learn how to say his name. Well, okay, I did too. So Jenny, I'm throwing Jenny right. the bus yeah, on that too. Yeah, there you too. go. There you go. Uh, so I'm not going to be the only one here. I, I, I was new to the beat. Uh, <laughs> I had to learn how to say a lot of names this year. Right. Um, no, I think I think you're absolutely uh, you're absolutely right um, because we did know we knew Malcolm was a good football player, mm-hmm. and the only question was could this. 205 pound guy who I think was a little bit heavier than that, but could this 210 pound guy go mix it up in the box and, and have some success. And he absolutely did. And the fact that they were playing more of a, of a three, 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 um, and he didn't have to necessarily, you know, rush the passer or, Mm. or be in the mix in, uh, in that type of stuff a whole lot. Um, was I think helpful the fact that that Eamon could get back in the backfield and and do some damage. I think he ended up leading the team in tackles if I'm if I'm not mistaken. If I'm yeah. Drawing a blank right now, but I, I believe he did. And uh, the fact that he could do those things and let Malcolm uh, be a guy who could kind of roam and and chase guys down and make tackles in space. Both of them, their ability to make tackles in space was was impressive. Yeah, it really they was. did not miss a lot of tackles and- when they got the opportunity. It seems like they had a nose for some turnovers a little bit too. Yeah, um, was big. And one thing I I thought that it was good too was Malcolm can be since he's that safety in him he can cover mm-hmm. at the linebacker spot a little bit more on yeah. some of the short routes and stuff and that helps a lot. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, the play that he made at Iowa State. Yeah, dropping the into coverage six. and uh, and and filling in there and, and making that play. Um, you know, not uh, not every linebacker can make that no. uh, can can disguise their coverage and and slip in and and make that play. So, um, really impressive. I think um, you know when you look at spring, um, Lamont Bishop is not on campus yet, so you won't have him there. I'll be curious to see who's what they do to back up Amon Ogbong with Miga. Could be uh, 
a walk-on. Obviously, Kevin Henry is gone via the mm-hmm. transfer portal. Uh, Devin Harper, I think, is a be- the best fit uh, mm-hmm. on the outside, backing up Malcolm. Yeah, because of his speed. Though he does have the size to to move inside if they want to do that, but I think that that Bishop is a better fit there, and that they'll try to probably keep. Harper outside maybe they work him a little bit at both spots because that's incredibly valuable because he's your next best linebacker so why not have him be able to fill mm-hmm. in wherever he wherever he can but after that is when it uh, is when it gets uh, you become a little bit curious mm-hmm. what this position looks like because you've got guys that were around last year um, you know guys like uh, Nadrian Desidere Cameron Farrar you got walk-ons like uh, like RT Sherman, Carson Crop, uh, guys like that at the linebacker position, who could uh, who could be some uh, some guys that are in the rotation during spring. And again, we're just looking at spring. I think yeah. I think uh, you know fall is a completely different animal at this point um, because I think there's at least the possibility by fall that Calvin Bundage is back in the mix somewhere. Yeah, yeah, we don't know uh, what he'll do in the spring. No, if anything. I'm, not expecting anything at all from uh, from from Calvin in the spring. I know I know that Eamon spoke at the at the pep rally and got people fired up about uh, about uh, about Calvin Bundage. I think fans need to temper their outlook for what yeah. Bundage will do, particularly in the spring. I do not expect to see him on the field in the spring. He tweeted out the, the video mm-hmm. showing himself doing a little bit of working out. And but he wasn't about, doing much. No, he it wasn't he wasn't out there you know, moving around a whole bunch. So and this is the guy too that I've seen claim on podcasts and stuff during the season that he's ready to go. Right. And it was never close right. to being able to play. Exactly. Exactly. I mean literally Mike Gundy would tell us he's not close. Right. Exactly. And so I don't know how much stock to put in a video that Bundage is promoting as he's back. Right. And the other question is too, even if he's effective, where does he fit? Right. Yeah, exactly. It's like if, if, if he's not replacing Malcolm as the starter, no. um, you know, if, if Devin is your, is your backup there, uh, you know he's uh, Bundage is is best as a pass rush guy. So he's a the third edge. down kind of guy. Yeah, maybe? he's a guy that's in a that's in a package mm-hmm. to uh, to come in and uh, and you know you're gonna see him for less than twenty snaps a game, which physically is probably good for him. Yeah, because I don't think that he's going to be in position to take on um, you know sixty snaps a game. And I don't think yeah. there's a spot for him to play sixty snaps a game. Uh, but I, I just I know that there are a lot of Oklahoma State fans that are really excited about Calvin Bundage being healthy and coming back. I don't think we'll see anything from him in the spring. He'll get into summer workouts and uh, and you know hopefully be able to get back in shape. Hopefully for him, be able to get back in shape and then be ready maybe maybe by August to to get back into actual football activities. I mean back injuries are tricky, man. Yeah. They just they just are. And it's it's something that's got to be monitored, um, and and watched very very closely. So it's uh, it's it's one of those things that I just I don't I don't, don't want to see too many fans getting sucked into the the vortex of of the excitement over yeah. over him because he is he is a very dynamic player and and a lot of fun to watch when when he's healthy. But 
he's he's also he's also got some inconsistencies. He's got some you know he's not the tackler that Malcolm is. Obviously, we've established that really nobody on this team is. No, and maybe Amon. Amon maybe right. the only close, yeah, the close one. Exactly, and it's uh, it's it's a really tough situation. And coming back from from a back injury that that kept him out so long, it's going to be tough for him to come back and be the guy that that a lot of fans are hoping he's going to be. And and I think that that the best thing is to uh, to be happy with what you've got at linebacker and and be hopeful that you can get something like what we discussed where there's a, a you know a third down package that includes Calvin Bundage and he can come in and uh, and and fly around and and make plays and be explosive. So that'll be that'll be the big question. Uh, I want to see some of the young guys get uh, get some experience because as we've talked about, you know, originally it was 5 now with Kevin Henry leaving, it's four linebackers still uh, that are going to be seniors next year. So, uh, going to have to have some of those guys get some experience on some level because they're going to be, uh, uh, you know, right on the uh, right on the border of of uh, of some significant playing time at uh, at both the uh, the middle and the outside position. So going to be a fun spring mm-hmm. I think for the linebacker position because I don't see any reason to push guys like like Amon and Malcolm all that no. much either. No, and um that gives a chance to look at these other guys and that's really what spring's about, right? You know, even other positions, Chuba, Thailand guys like that, you don't need to know what they can do. Yeah, exactly. You know, same thing with Malcolm and Amon, just yeah. get them through healthy. Yeah. You know, let them play a little bit and uh Show that they're healthy and any adjustments you need to make in the system and stuff like that. Yeah. Teach them that and kind of move on. Yeah, back at the uh, the pep rally in in January, Mike Gundy threw out the t- the 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 number of a thousand snaps of live game action. Guys who've had over a thousand snaps aren't going to see a lot in spring. Was yeah. basically his uh, his you know his his statement that he made. And um, you know I don't know where uh Amon falls in uh, on that he, he's played a lot of special teams his first two years and some backup roles but um you know they know what they've got in him now Malcolm has definitely played over a thousand snaps mm-hmm. at this point so you uh you kind of feel like those guys are gonna are gonna get a break so uh, with that said let's take a break we'll come back we'll talk some uh, some other sports get hit very quickly on AJ Green and the uh and the combine then get into some other sports here on the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby We are back on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. I uh, wanted to get into uh, AJ Green. Uh, it, we're taping this on Friday. He will be in action on Sunday at the combine, the final day of the combine. Uh, he did measure in very well yesterday. Uh, I thought uh, some uh, some impressive numbers from him: six one and a half, two hundred two pounds. That surprised me That's a little bit. He's, he seems so skinny. Uh, yeah, he does, and I thought that he might lose a little bit of weight to try to improve yeah. his uh his 40 time but he's uh, he's going up he was listed at 190 uh all season uh by oklahoma state obviously you know it's hard to, sometimes you don't know when they actually weigh a guy mm-hmm. uh but um but yeah um i mean hands nine inches arms 30 and seven eighths Wingspan seventy four and seven eighths. I don't know sure. what all that means, but he seems like he's got long arms to me. Yeah, he seems okay. long. Yeah, 
Um, I'll go so with that. I, I have think no idea. I think that's all. I think that's all valuable. Um, but his his length is something that people have always talked about, and I think that's uh, something that's gonna gonna really help him out. Uh, I had a, I had an email one time when I listed someone's uh, uh, someone's arm length and, and wingspan, and they wanted to know why the wingspan wasn't just double their arm length. And I had to explain that wingspan also includes across the chest. Mm-hmm. I was sort of surprised after to explain that. But it's interesting. Yeah. Anyway, um, Green will run the forty. Uh, and uh, do all the other shuttle work. I think that's where he's really going to make his most money. Mm-hmm. If he goes out and runs some good forty times, uh, you know, handles the uh, the other drills well. I think that's where he really elevates himself. Um, you know, I've seen uh, I've seen him included in some top one hundred boards, uh, big boards uh, at this point. Number eleven uh, among cornerbacks for uh, Dane Brugler of the Athletic. Which which had him in the top 100 overall because it's such an important position at the at the next level. So it's going to be interesting to see how things develop for him uh, over the next uh, you know the next couple of weeks with the combine and then pro day on March 10th and all of those things. So all right, let's uh, let's move on to hoops. hoops. You uh, you got you got three left in the uh, in the regular season for these Man. for these Cowboys. And, I think some uh, OSU fans are probably counting down, calling call this a lost season. Right, right, which is is silly. It is, I think. Um, but there's there's always going to be silly fans. So um, here's my question: Can they win out? I think they can. Um, there's actually a scenario right now where that's that I would classify as a, a good chance scenario um where if osu wins out tcu loses out and texas loses out osu finishes sixth in the conference which could uh, could legitimately put that final regular season game of osu at texas for sixth for sixth place and then into, osu would be into, seventh that they lost i think and right sixth and seventh at that and point just so everybody understands Explain why that's important. You get to avoid Baylor or Kansas yeah. for a little longer in the Big 12 tournament. Um, and you have one fewer game. And you have one fewer game. Um, but there's also the argument to be made for OSU that maybe they need the extra game if they want to have any kind of – to boost their postseason resume. Yeah. Maybe they want that one more game. Yeah. There's that argument, but the problem is the one more game means you get Baylor or Kansas the second round. Right, exactly. So – so they they would have a better chance of of maybe making up for that game by being sixth and getting yes going going and getting a, a, an upset in the second game yeah and actually getting a third game out of it. yeah so um, there's the advantages there um, because they would open with OU or West Virginia at that point probably or Tech I guess you know depending on how those three teams finish um, and then what you get you don't get Kansas or Baylor until semis right yeah. And then even then, you just hope you get on the side of Baylor. Yes. And you can – OSU's not afraid of Baylor. They've played them very tight both games. Mm-hmm. The only team they have – the only team that they're going to have problems with that they know they're going to have legit problems with is Kansas. I mean, they're going right. to have problems with everybody. But, you know, the team that they don't want any part of right now is Kansas. Right. And, uh, you know, if you can push that game off until a title game mm-hmm. or somehow Kansas gets upset – Right in that, you know, before then, OSU's golden. Um, mm-hmm. But this three games, this three win scenario seems likely. I mean, OSU's got 
Iowa State and Kansas State, the next two games at home. Um, they should both be, be favored in both those. Um, Iowa State's not the same since they beat OSU and Ames. Um, OSU, uh, Iowa State's also not won a road game in the Big 12 yet, which is incredible to me. Right. Um, Kansas State's not very good. Um, and then they have Texas. At Texas, right. You know that'll probably be a coin flip mm-hmm. in the odds. Um, last game of the season, what Texas team's going to show up? Right. Um, At you know, home, they haven't had a lot of fan support. Right. That's been a huge issue for and, them this year. And the problem is, too, is Texas, f- two games before that, is at Texas Tech and at OU. Yeah. So they've got a tough schedule there, whereas Baylor – no, sorry, TCU to lose out has a very good chance because they get Baylor, Kansas, OU mm. to finish their stretch. They're not beating Baylor or Kansas. Right, yeah. I don't think they're going to beat OU at, right. in Norman. I'm yeah. pretty sure. No, it's actually at home. That that's that's the game that gets a little fuzzy. TCU's yeah. pretty good at home. Yeah, and so they could catch fire there maybe. But after they have that gauntlet of Baylor and Kansas back to back, I don't know how much they're going to have left. Right. for OU. Um, yeah. So there's and how a much good motivation ch- they're going to have. Yeah, at that point. It, you know. And so there's there's a good chance here that uh, OSU could slide up to a decent position in this. Uh, Big 12 tournament seating. Yeah. And they come in there and, and avoid Kansas and Baylor. Because the other thing is, too, right now, you don't know what seed you want if you do get stuck with having to play Kansas or Baylor in the second round. Right. Because Kansas and Baylor are going to be tied in the standings at the end, likely to be tied at the right. end, standings at the end. And they'll both be 17 and 1 with the loss against each other. Right. So at that point, all the tiebreakers come are thrown out the window, and it's just literally you put Baylor on a piece of paper. You put Kansas on a piece of paper, you put them in a hat, and you draw a name for the seeding. You don't know who you're going to get if you're 7-8, right. if it's a 7-8 matchup, or the 8-9 matchup and the 7-10 matchup. Right. You don't know who the winner of those are they're, yeah. they're going to get. Yeah. And that's worrisome yes. for anybody at this point. It's fascinating to me that that it automatically ends up going to that to that tiebreaker because it seems like there would be something. Every Everything that – there's there's so many different ones. Right. It's, it's like you go down the standings and like see, okay, so – How'd you do against the next team? Right, but the right. problem is, is they've, they've both they're swept going, everybody at yeah, that point. Yeah, if they if they both went out, they've swept everybody. And yeah, it's it's so like it's, all the tiebreakers just are are void because right. I, I sat there and read through the list today and kept checking them off. I was like, well, that's not going to work if they, you know, if they all right. went out. So. Yeah, and you know, um, obviously the Big Twelve, you don't want to put a margin of victory type tiebreaker yeah. to encourage guys playing, you know, trying to blow people out or uh, you know. The, those type of things so um you know it's it's probably the best scenario but it's a uh, it's a really unique one and it's just and obviously i mean these are two of the top teams in the country and that's why you end up with this scenario yes. the chance of this happening is is incredibly it's, yeah i i because literally the, the way i figured it out was barry trammell of all people asked me if i knew what the tiebreaker came down to because he was trying to figure it out like, right. And I had just I just looked it up because I was like I I don't know the answer to this right. because and every time I kept bringing up scenarios I was like no we got to toss that one out yeah. like it just it didn't apply it's crazy it's it reminds me of when you and I were covering high school football <laughs> and you would get a five way tie or something right. in district standings go in week ten and they'd have to go to law they'd have mm-hmm. to go and draw names out of a hat at the OSA office yes. or at the McDonald's and the Turnpike or wherever they wanted to meet right. and do it exactly and it's exactly what this is like if it's Kansas and Baylor. 
do they meet here in Oklahoma City, meet in the middle and <laughs> at, right? at a Whataburger and yeah. you know and, uh-huh. and hash it out? Yeah, I mean Skype it. Just yeah, Skype it. Let them all watch on video. <laughs> you know, it, it's uh-huh. it's crazy, and you know, it's uh, I mean. But it's fun though. It's just yep. if you're OSU, you're hoping and praying that if you get in those two those Wednesday games, that the winner of waiting, you know, that you win the you're you get Baylor and not Kansas. You yeah. want to be on the opposite side of that bracket. Oh, absolutely, yeah. That's uh, that's that's imperative for them if they end up if they don't get to that sixth seed. So obviously, getting to the sixth seed, I think, is uh, is the dream scenario. But yeah, because after after watching them at Kansas on Monday, that's. I'm telling you, that's the one matchup nobody wants in Stillwater. Yep. Kansas. All right, let's take another uh, another quick break, and uh, we'll come back, go around the horn with some other sports to wrap up the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's. We are back. On the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. Jacob, during uh, during the break, there, well, I feel like a real radio guy when I say that. During, during the, break, the break, we were talking about we were talking about uh, about the uh, the Garth Brooks <laughs> uh, stuff wearing uh, wearing a Barry Sanders jersey to his show in uh, in Detroit, a Barry Sanders number twenty jersey, and uh, on the back obviously just said Sanders twenty, and uh, a bunch of Donald Trump supporters flipped out, thinking that he was uh, he was supporting Bernie Sanders for president <laughs> in t- in twenty twenty. Uh, obviously, not the case. Uh, Garth being the big OSU guy that he is, and Barry Sanders being the big OSU guy that he is, yeah, and, and Ben the big Detroit, Detroit guy that and, he is. Yeah, uh, it all it all goes back to the fact that Barry didn't wear number twenty one in 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 the pros. Yeah, yeah, he missed this. The that's the, that's the real issue. Here. <laughs> yes, if he had he, he uh, changed numbers. Yeah, I once saw a a, 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 a hip hop video. Um, when when throwback jerseys were just first coming into style, some guy some guy wanted to wanted to you know he clearly had this made because it was a very brown orange on it, and uh, um, but he wanted to do a Barry Sanders college throwback, and it was like I said it was a very brown looking orange color but said Oklahoma State and twenty. And, uh, uh, obviously, that guy did not do his uh, his research. No homework done there whatsoever. No. None. Honestly, but, anyway. it took me a second to, to to remember that he actually wore number twenty mm-hmm. in Detroit because I'm yeah. so used to seeing twenty one around Stillwater. Exactly. Yeah. That it was like, oh yeah, he didn't wear twenty twenty one mm-hmm. in, in Detroit. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's exactly. right. You know, I mean, I knew it was a Barry Sanders jersey, but it's right, just, right. You know, um, because I'm not dumb, but yeah, um, <laughs> you're not most people on social media. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I I don't have a lot of positive stuff to say about this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the uh, other than it's just really sad. I it guess is. like it it's, really it kind of made me sad, sad when I saw this that that it, that that it's come to this that that a Barry Sanders jersey has turned political, mm-hmm. and I, I I that made me sad, and and that that people uh, allegedly, at least based on their comments, decide what music they like based on the political beliefs yeah. of, of, of someone. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's one thing if it's something really, really serious and impactful, the, but just, just the person that you, that you support for president is uh, typically not that uh, directly impactful on the lives of, of all of us, yeah. even though we don't like to 
necessarily admit that all the time or, yeah. or, or accept it. Yeah. You know, the person, the person who's in the white house doesn't really change our lives. No. As much as, as, as we try to act like it does sometimes. Anyway, that's, uh, that's let's, our political let's stick to rant for the day. Hashtag um, stick to sports. Yeah. Hashtag stick to sports. Hashtag, to, hashtag uh, number 20 for president or something <laughs> like that. I think what's the hashtag going around right now with them. I can't remember. Barry, Barry and Garth, Barry and Garth, 2020. Um, I do want to talk a little bit of, uh, of wrestling. Um, Seth Duckworth, I'll give him credit uh, for this on, uh, of pistols firing, uh, reported that Brock Martin no longer with the wrestling mm-hmm. team. I was a little bit, uh, not completely blown away because obviously football is getting ready to start. But I thought that he might get a shot to wrestle with the team through the Big Twelve uh, championships, yeah. which are um, the uh, not this coming weekend, but but March seventh and eighth. And I think that there was a legit shot that Brock Martin was the guy that was going to have a chance to go out there and represent the Cowboys at that at the heavyweight position. I think that he was. I think that they were getting really close to giving him a shot, and. I think that had things gone a little bit differently in the Bedlam match a couple of weeks ago, I think we probably would have seen him that day. Mm-hmm. Um, so a little bit surprised there. Now, obviously, he wasn't going to go compete for a national title or anything, and probably not for a Big Twelve title. But um, you know, it uh, at least could have been uh, been something interesting to watch and uh, and see how he did. I wanted to see how he was going to do. Yeah. Um, so a little uh, a little sad to hear that he's not there, um, but. It wasn't a uh, wasn't a weight class where Oklahoma State was going to make a lot of noise. Um, that said, um, you know, I had I had some people come up to me that were shocked by the lopsided score against Iowa. Uh, I thought Oklahoma State actually scored more points than I thought they would. <laughs> All um, right. They they scored six. I thought they had a chance at three. I thought they had a chance at being shut out. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything more than three was going to be a surprise to me, and and it took. Unranked Wyatt Sheets, who's now number 14 in the rankings, but at the time unranked Wyatt Sheets at 157 pounds, upsetting the number five guy in the country to get them up to six points. So, um, number one, Wyatt Sheets is wrestling really well right now. Yeah. No. The fact that he just, that, that it took that win to get him into the rankings was a little bit sad. Um, that was uh, some poor judgment, I thought, because he has been wrestling really good against ranked wrestlers. And uh, to this point, um, you know he's he's four and zero against against ranked wrestlers this year. So, um, or in his last four at least. Uh, so really impressive the way that he's wrestling right now. I'm going to write about him to uh, in in advance of the Big Twelve Championships. So you have that to look forward to. Um, he is of course the son of Mike Sheets, former OSU wrestler himself, who was uh, for one year teammates with John Smith. So interesting connections and and a, a fun story that I'm looking forward to writing. Um, that, all that said, I, I think Oklahoma State should handle uh, themselves pretty well at the Big 12. Uh, we'll see exactly how it goes. I can talk a little bit more about it next week on the podcast before uh, bef- before the tournament actually gets here. Uh, but I think the Cowboys should come away with uh, with the title. So uh, with that, let's move on to baseball. Um, anything? Uh, what what's what's standing out to you right now? As you- um, they've won six straight. Yeah. Um, they haven't necessarily had the toughest opponent since they upset Arizona State. Right. Um, but it's a good uh, good building blocks for these young guys. I got a lot of young guys in the roster right now that they're 
you know, trying to figure out what they have. And um, it's clear uh, OSU can still hit. Yes, they, they can. They are pounding people right now. That was the thing that I was was not necessarily expecting with the mm-hmm. with the firepower that they lost. Yeah. I've been really impressed. It's a little to see more gap to gap now, right? It is. You know, it's different. They had three it's homers different. in a game the other day, but um, they they make contact. Um, they they are pounding people. I'll be interested to see this week with them at Frisco when they play UCLA, uh, what uh, Texas A and M. And I'm going blank. There's a third team they play. That's another Power Five conference. Um, when they play those three this weekend, I'll be interested to see because you, especially like UCLA today. Uh, you're recording this Friday morning. They play UCLA at three o'clock. Right. Um, that's a big matchup. UCLA is generally a, a good program, and yeah. so um, I'm really curious to see how that one. Because now we're going to start to see. I think we're getting to the point now where OSU is going to start whittling down the rotation. Mm-hmm. And picking some guys and things, you know, they're going to rely a little bit more on. Brett Stanley pitched very limited last week. Um, he had a save on Sunday. I think that's the only time he's pitched since his start against Arizona State. Mm-hmm. I have not, I mean, I've not spoken with Josh Holiday. It's been kind of, you know, basketball this week and stuff. But I would assume that Brett's going to go in the rotation this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is what it feels like. Because I feel like this one, they're not going to necessarily let the freshmen go out there as much. Right. It feels like it's a... Parker Scott, Brett Stanley for two starts, and then you're going to pick between Bryce Osmond or Justin Campbell and kind of yeah. go from there, unless you're still trying to save your bullpen. Right. Yeah, exactly. And maybe it's a thing where uh, where those two guys sort of combine for, mm-hmm. uh, you know. You know, Kale Davis has pitched really well as another piece. freshman, and yeah. so maybe, maybe he gets a chance too. I'd like to see him mm-hmm. get a start at some point. He's been really good at the bullpen. Yeah. Um, for a couple innings here and there. So he's a guy that they can extend to starter. Um, and so I, I'm curious to see what they do still there with pitching but the offense though um has been clicking uh Caden Trankel was the newcomer of the year last weekend the week the, of the week of week sorry yeah newcomer of the week last week um co-newcomer of the week yes which I didn't know they did coves but uh they got to get around that they yeah. got to quit doing that yeah it was not good um and then you had a guy like Justin Campbell who proved he can hit and pitch mm-hmm. um you had Max Hewitt's off to a great start at one point after the weekend, he was batting over 600 mm-hmm. after playing in every game. It wasn't like it was just a couple of games. He's, right. you know, started six out of seven games and hit another one. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, they got guys that are they're starting to come around and really hit the ball. Yeah, absolutely. I tell you what, we'll wrap this up a little, little bit of softball talk because I'm going to be yeah, out at Cowgirl well Stadium. They're playing well, uh, ranked number 14 right now. They're, uh, they're a home opener. Will be later today. I'll be out there for that. Catch a couple of games. They've got uh, University of Illinois Chicago to technically open up the uh, the home slate, and then uh, Louisville at five p.m. Um, and uh, um, that's the one I'm more looking forward to. Obviously, a little bit better uh, competition. But uh, the OSU Tulsa Invitational is uh, is going on, so uh, going to get out there and check that out. Uh, you mentioned the co players of the week and and all of that. Kerry Eberly, the Oklahoma State grad transfer pitcher, has been co-pitcher of the week two weeks in a row for uh, for the Big 12. She's coming off a week where she had a two-hit shutout and a no-hitter. And she can't and get pitcher can't of the week get, by herself. Can't get, can't get pitcher of the week by herself. They've got They got to quit out the co stuff. I'm done. Yeah. I, I got I got no interest in that. Um, it's, it's like us picking a co. All city yeah. player of the year for something, which yeah. is a 
a rule we have. You can't exactly. do it. Exactly. Can't do it. It's not happening. Um, but uh, but anyway, she's pitching really well. The bullpen behind her uh, is is pretty solid. Kelly Maxwell, as a, uh, as a redshirt freshman, has been solid. The bats have been good. Kylie Naomi has been the uh, the biggest surprise of uh, of this team and from from my perspective. She was a, a bottom of the order. Um, you know, you could see leadoff type skills in her, but you didn't know that she was necessarily going to develop to that point. But she is hitting the ball like crazy, sitting for average, hitting for power, driving in runs from the leadoff spot. And the thing that's fascinating about that is that she is a fantastic shortstop. One of the best defensive shortstops I've seen at the college level. Uh, some of the plays that, that she makes, there's this one that, that always sticks in my brain when I think of her as a, as a defensive player uh, at the Big 12 tournament last year. Uh, runner on first, there's a line drive hit to her right as the shortstop. She uh, you know, reaches across her body, jumping to make the catch, and as she's landing off of one foot, throws back across the field to du- double up the runner at first base. How's that possible? It was it was ridiculous. It was Derek Jeter type stuff. Wow. It was it was crazy. It was a really impressive play, and um, you know, so you came into the year knowing that she was going to be a good defensive uh, shortstop, and to add the offense that uh, that she's got going right now, if she can keep this up. She is going to emerge as 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 one of the better players in the country because she is so well rounded. Um, she's four for four on stolen bases, so she's uh, she's got got the speed to go out there and and be a leadoff hitter in in that realm. But also, like I said, she's tied for the team lead with uh, with three home runs already. So uh, it's uh, it's big time season that she is having. And then you add in you know the other players that they've that they've got coming back and uh, and that have come in. I wrote about uh, Carly Petty, who you obviously covered at uh, at Southmore for a while. Um, now, as a true freshman, they put her in at second base. She'd always been a shortstop, third baseman type, and uh, put her in at second base. And she's learning that job. and uh, And hitting will come around for her. She's still she's still in you know she's thirty seven at bats into her college career. So I, I I totally space. She's a true freshman. Yeah. It's I. It was last year. It I was covering seemed, her still South yeah. It just doesn't seem that way. But okay. right, yeah. It seems like a long time ago that you and were. She on the played high a, and experience. she played a long time too at Southmore. That's right. the other problem I'm having yeah. too. Is she wasn't just a, you know, one year star. She, yeah, exactly. Since her freshman year, I've been writing yeah. about her. But I'm looking forward to getting out and checking out the Cowgirls for the first time this season. So, all right, man. Anything that uh, we'll, go, we'll go back to my favorite segment. The most important thing I forgot. Anything I forgot for uh, for this podcast or. Uh, mm. I think we I think we covered everything. Pretty no, well. uh, I think we're good. Senior day tomorrow for basketball. But yeah. the only thing we didn't mention, yeah. yep. senior that's, day, uh, that's big a good group. Uh, good. Tony Allen's coming back to present to him, so yep. that's cool. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, he's Jacob Unruh. I'm Scott Wright. Thanks to Paige and Dave back in the office for producing this. And as always, the Cowboy Chronicles is presented by Zaxby's. Satisfy your craving for hand breaded chicken and fresh made salads. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast.